Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. And now all the people say amen. 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 Morning, you're welcome to church. We're happy to have you here. Please feel welcome in this community of God's people. We're a new church, but we're trusting God to keep growing and to keep building people and to keep connecting to the heart of God. If you're all about God and you're looking for a place to belong, if you're searching for truth and power, connection to God, please connect with us and we'll be happy. Today I'm reading from Malachi chapter 3, the dreaded chapter in the Bible. Malachi chapter 3. It's not verse 10. It's not verse 8. It's verse 13. Malachi chapter 3 from verse 13. Malachi 3 actually has three parts. The first part is actually when God says, Behold, I'm coming. I will send my messenger before you who will prepare the way. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple. That's the beginning of Malachi chapter 3. Then verse 8 begins to go in the shall man rob God, you rob me in tithes and offerings. That's a teaching for another day. But today, we're going to talk about Malachi chapter 3, verse 13. I read, Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, What have we spoken against you? You have said, It is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on that day that I make my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again descend between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who doesn't serve him. The title of the message is Strong Words or Harsh Words. God actually came and now he's saying to man that, guys, your words have been harsh against me. Imagine God calling your name and said, your own words have been harsh against me. And we don't feel like we're the kind of people who say anything harsh against God. Who dare say anything bad about God? Sometimes these words are actually not words that we say. They're actually words that we carry in our minds and we think. Or words that actually shape how we act. We're not talking, but it's our real, like, default action mode. So, generally, what happens is that these words are inside our mind. And how many of you know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You've heard that scripture? The human spirit is best denoted by the actions of the human spirit. Do you understand? So, you'll be sitting inside a meeting and there's a voice that follows you everywhere. How many of you know that voice? 
<laughs> the boss will tell you, this one, this man is talking now, he's confused. You understand? You'll just be hearing that voice saying, I think he's confused now. You know, I, I, I can't follow what he's saying. I, I'm not going to do what he's saying. Do you know that voice actually tells you, oh, okay, I think she has her stuff together, so we should listen to this person and follow. That voice is actually what determines what you do. It's a human spirit. Sometimes it's not about speaking. It's actually more about what you have done. It's unthinking. So you carry that ability to follow or to disagree. The fact that people sit down and hear you out doesn't mean they have agreed with you. How many of you know this? In a board meeting, everybody goes at the end of the board meeting back home with their opinion intact at the end of the board meeting. The fact that you're sitting inside and the person is talking, talking, doesn't mean that everybody agrees. So God began to speak and said to man, your words, your thoughts, your ideation, your real belief, that place where you stand has been against me. I said, Lord, I didn't say anything. Like Sarah laughed. We don't even know whether she actually laughed out loud or whether she laughed in her mind and the Holy Spirit spotted it like Sarah has laughed. Do you know that we have that ability to bring strong words against God? And what do we always talk about? We talk about the blessedness of the wicked. The unbelievers curse God and get away with it. Let's be honest. Who are the richest people in the world? Are they Christians? They're not Christians. Do you guys understand this? The richest people in the world are not Christians. So we ask, why will we serve God? And then other people are rolling with the dough. Do you guys understand? So this is actually a question that has stayed with Christians for a long time. Why do we serve God? The richest man on earth is a man called Bill Gates. He doesn't even believe in God. Why do we serve God? No, no, that's actually okay. What of the children of the rich? Our minister's children who pop champagne across the streets of Paris. What about the ones who are buying exclusive homes in different places of the world? That's even good. What are the people who do ritual murder and they live to enjoy what are the people who are so wicked to pound babies to get money? So when you think about wicked people and how bad some of them are. So I have two sisters. Their names, you can guess. <laughs> That's how pastors name their children. <laughs> Please, you guys, give me. I'm going to finish it. <laughs> it's just for the Lord. Bringing out your secret in the public is for the Lord. Joy was the crazy girl. Joy was the one who ran away with a boy when she was 18. We're living in Kaduna and she ran off to Khan with the boy. Joy was the one who did everything and broke all the laws of the family, of the pastor's family. In fact, the day Joy brought her husband home to and they came because I was like the eldest brother. My elder brother has passed away now. 
So I became the de facto elder brother. The day Joy brought the guy to my house, I was living in Kui then, and said they wanted to be married. I looked at the guy once. The Holy Spirit told me there's something off. There's something off, something off. So I said to the guy, I'm sorry. Go and get consent from the girl's father. My hand is not inside. I'm not sure. That's what I said. Apparently, at that time, Joy was already pregnant. Do you understand? So they're trying to rush marriage. So Joy was the one who had a baby out of wedlock, almost like almost. So she was getting married and there was a baby inside. We didn't know this until the baby was born and the baby wasn't born pretend. So we know that, you know. <laughs> and then we calculated afterwards. What it was a miracle baby, Pastor Easy says it may have been a miracle baby. Yeah, the pastor's family, just close to Mary enough, like, do you understand? So Joy was perfect in manipulating her way and getting her way with everything. Until tomorrow, Joy actually is very blessed by God. Do you understand? She has three kids now. She's stable. She built herself a house before her husband. She's crazy like that. That's Joy. Do you understand? <laughs> but Grace was the good girl. She cooked for my dad. She sorted my dad out. She did everything my dad wanted. Grace was a quintessence daughter or pastor. She never spoke to a boy. Do you understand? Until she brought a man back home, a man she wanted to marry. But after Grace married, Grace could not have children. One year, two years, three years, four years, five years, and her husband is a strong African man. Then the noise began from the home front, like, this your wife cannot conceive, and ETC, ETC, ETC. It's exactly 10 years the day she gave birth to Omimi, the miracle child of the family. Without artificial intervention, without grace, give birth after 10 years of marriage. Why do the wicked tempt God and get away with it? She did nothing wrong. If you look at it from the eyes of the natural, this is the reason why people ask that question like, man, I did everything by the book. I served God. I praised him. I worshipped him. I lived good. I did the right things. How come? I follow God. Where is my blessing? I walk after righteousness. Where is the goodness of God in my life? This is the big question that many young singles begin to ask God. This is a good question that many people who wait on God ask him. This is a question that poor brothers, poor brothers who have been waiting for a long time to get to Hammer so that they can, you know, start their family. It's a question where young ladies ask, when? When is God going to smile at me? When is the favor of God going to come? When is the grace of God going to come in my heart? When will God visit me? So we now begin to get to a point of bitterness. We now begin to get to a point when we begin to ask God, God, when will you visit me? 
and it's true it's hard nobody knows what it looks like to suffer and wait and to be lonely and to be by yourself at night we say oh you know husbands are very bad you say yes just give me a damaged one like that let me manage it Say, woman, woman, fear woman. Have you heard that? Fear woman. The guy says, eh, yes. Let me have one that I want to fear first. Do you guys get this? So we now come up with strong words against God. We judge him not faithful. We judge him not powerful. We judge him like he doesn't care for us. We judge him like the, the situations that are happening in our lives are too harsh. Then something begins to happen. Let's go back to Malachi again. Let's read verse 16 together. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and those who meditate on his name. God now decided that the way to resolve these things is to speak to one another. Say, speak to one another. Say it again. Speak to one another. Holy conversation. Speak to one another. Speak. Speak. Don't keep it to yourself. Most of these things happen in secret. If you see depression, it survives in secret. If you see that anxiety disorder, it, it, hides, it hides in the night. Please keep that scripture up. Verse 16, speak to one another. Speak to one another. Speak to one another. Open your mouth and declare it. My brother, I'm going through something. The Bible says when we speak to one another, the Lord will listen to our holy conversation. When we begin to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Look at it. Says those who feared the Lord, don't go and meet an unbeliever, don't go and meet a cynicist, don't go and meet a doubter. If somebody is stereotypical about things, don't go and meet such a person. Who should you meet? Those who feared the Lord. Oh, I want you to see that. Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. Say strong words. Oh man, you're not following this one. I thought I was preaching good. Say strong words. Strong words, strong words, strong words. Those who fear the Lord began to speak to one another. They began to declare, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. They began to declare the promise of God lasts forever. They began to declare the Lord loves you. There is no variableness or shadow of turning. They began to declare the word of God which says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. They began to declare that even though the mountains were cast into the depths of the sea, yet God is a refuge and a strength. God is a very present help in the day of trouble. They began to speak to one another and declare the word of God. They began to say, yes, I'm like a tree planted by rivers of water. I bring forth my fruit in my season. Whatever I to prosper. They began to speak to the word of God to one another. Say, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and let the King of glory come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. They began to speak Behold, I send my messenger. I am coming to you. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. They began to speak to one another and declare, Yes, yes, yes. 
Though my former years be empty and dry, yet in my latter years I shall see the goodness of God. They began to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of all his benefits. They began to speak of the goodness of God. They began to sing, I will sing of the goodness of God. With my mouth shall I make it known, your faithfulness to all generations. They began to speak about the wonders of God. They began to stare up faith. They began to stare up faith. They began to stare up something on the inside of them. Something on the inside of them. They began to cry out to the Holy One. Lord, you are a refuge and a strength. When things take you down, speak up. Speak up. Bring strong words. They spoke to one another and the Lord listened. The Lord listened. And then God carried a book and began to write down, write down their names. He began to account for their lives. He began to account for their journey. He began to write a script about them. He began to, he began to order things in the future. Oh man, I don't know how many of you here that your eyes in the spirit will be open to see that God has been writing about you. That God has been ordering some things about you. That God has been declaring some things about you. That God is waiting to bring forth His righteousness in your life. God is waiting. It's waiting to bring forth something. Verse 17. Verse 17. They shall be mine. Your mind says the Lord. You are mine. On the day I will make you my jewel. And I will spare you as a man spares his son whom he loves. Who serves him. Oh, I will spare you. Do you see this word jewel here? Jewel, how is the jewel made? Jewel is made by carrying something like, how many of you have thought about how diamonds are made? Diamonds are made from putting thousands and thousands of pounds of pressure on rocks. The finest of them who stay are called diamonds. Did you know that? That's why diamonds are not found in the surface. They have to be dug out of the place of pressure where layers and layers and tons and tons of things, pylori on them. So they are created from weight. Diamonds are created from weight and time. Weight and time creates diamonds. So when you do contour lines in geography, they begin to tell you about weathering of rocks and they begin to tell you about how many years they draw, they, they draw a section to a rock and they tell you each of the segments how old it is. Diamonds are reputed to be very old and to be, and to be the kind of rocks that carried the most weight where they were sitting. That's what diamonds are known for. Do you guys understand this? So God says, I'm preparing. I'm making them jewels. Yesterday, when the home of someone dedicated a baby, that baby was born out of war, right? Born out of war. The baby came after a miscarriage. Miscarriage was very painful. And this baby came like three to four months. Baby came out premature, four months. This kind of ring, 
went up the arm of the baby. That's how small the baby was, like in one hand, like that. That baby is alive today. Dedicated the baby yesterday. Fine, healthy baby. After months and months of war. I said to them, could it be that God doesn't want you guys just to have a baby? He wants you guys to have something else apart from a baby. Like a testimony. Could it be that God doesn't want you to just have a husband? God wants you to have more than a husband. He wants you to have a testimony. Could it be that God doesn't want you to just have a job? He wants you to have more than a job. He wants a testimony. He wants something that looks like jewel. He wants something that looks like special. He doesn't want you to just marry like everybody else. He doesn't want you to have children just like everybody else. He wants a backstory in the work that he's doing in your life. God wants more you. Could it be that God has made your life an epistle that he will write by himself? Could it be that the delay in your life was nothing of your own doing? Could it be that God is working something out through the adversity, making a jewel out of you? We're always preaching our church. Everybody in the church preaches. It's not only the pastor. So choose one person. Say, I'm going to preach to you now. Please don't be afraid. Even if they have strong faith, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. Be bold. See, I'm going to preach to you now. God wants to make something out of you. He wants to make a jewel out of you. Are you afraid of her? Preach, preach, guys, preach. Preach. Say, God wants to make a jewel out of you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? He wants to give you something. He wants to give you a testimony. He wants bigger. He wants preach, brother, preach. He says, he wants to give you something bigger than what you have today. Do you believe it? Do you know this? God doesn't just want you to have the normal life. He wants you to have extra. That extra doesn't come from marrying at the right time, from giving birth at the right time, from having all the money you need. It doesn't come like that. The extra comes from pressure. The extra comes from the grace of God. The extra comes from fire. Those who know God know this, that God is working something. God is working something that regardless of where you are, the grace of God is coming for you. God knows what we think but he has something in his mind he wants to walk out through your life. He has something for you. Oh, how can you even think that God is not faithful? How can you even think that God doesn't know you? You serve God. Some of you here, you give everything you have to God. Your home is open to God. Your money you give into God. Your body you give into God. Everything. You serve God. You're a righteous man. You're a faithful woman. You're diligent in little things. You, you pour out your perfume before God. How can you judge God unfaithful? That he will owe you. That he will not come to visit you. That he doesn't know what is happening in your life. God doesn't understand. How can you think like your pain is not familiar with your pain? How can you think that a man of grief doesn't know your sorrows? He doesn't know where you're working. How can you even believe the lies of the wicked one that God is not faithful? He is faithful. He is faithful. He doesn't change. 
he is consistent he loves you he loves you i want something in your spirit to open up this day for you to know that god loves you and he's interested in your life he's interested in your life if you believe it's shout a big amen he's interested god is interested he said i will make you my jewel i will spare you as a man spares his own son who serves him i remember you i remember your sacrifice i remember your faithfulness i remember your giving i remember your tithing i remember your arms i remember your prayer i remember your sacrifice i remember your effort i remember your brokenness i remember it all i have it in my book i have it in my book says the spirit of god i have it in my book i remember you i know you i've called you i have it in my book don't tire don't despair don't give up don't finish the end serve me with gladness speak to one another speak words of hope speak words of power speak words of peace declare the glory of god This is what God wants you to know. This is what God wants you to know. Is there someone here, you are really tired. I, I just, I just, I just got a sense that there's someone here, you're really, really tired of spiritual things, of prayer, of all these things. Like, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, God is not here and you're tired, you're tired. You're just at the tapering end of, of tired. And God is saying, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, I see you. Speak, speak, says the Spirit of God. Speak, 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 speak. It's not about church, it's about you and God. Speak. Speak life to your body. Speak hope to your circumstance. Speak strength, the strength of Yahweh. Speak the faithfulness of God. Speak the consistency of the Father. Speak life. Finally, verse 16, verse 18. Verse 18. Sekatam Baha'i'ah. Then you shall again descend between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God and the one who doesn't serve him. You know that God has an answer for Malachi chapter 3 verse 13. He said, you said it's vain to serve me. There's coming a time of discernment. There's coming a time of separation. The Bible says, mark the end of the righteous man. It shall be well with him. If it's not well with you yet, it's not the end. Mark the end of the righteous man. It shall be well with all together. The end. Do you know, when my dad died, I started marking his life among his pairs. Do you understand? My dad actually was someone who was kicked around as a pastor a lot. Just became a missionary pastor, not out of his own volition because God kicked out 
Once you start a church, once the church is 200, my dad could preach. He could preach. And then he could walk miracles. He healed the sick. Opened deaf ears and did miracles. I saw these miracles as a boy growing up. So, but once the church got into 100, 200, it's Assemblies of God Church, they will post him away to another branch. They'll just kick him out. You say, Michael, always so privileged. That's what they called him, privileged Michael. The guy will toil and labor. I remember when we went to start a new church in this town called Kasina Allah. Kasina Allah is in the border of Benue State and Zakibiam and Taraba State. That particular church, I won't forget because I think I was six years old when we went and there was no bridge over the river Kasina Allah. So we went across with all our earthly possessions in a canoe across the river when we got to the border into Kasinala. By the time we started living in Kasinala, they had they built a bridge. It's a bridge there now. But then, here's what happened. We didn't have anything. I remember clearly that the man who was supposed to give us the house, which the church planned, the man had given out the house to someone else. So when Alahaji saw us with all our earthly goods, my mom hadn't come yet. It was Emmanuel, myself, my dad, and my uncle, Micah. I never forget, I was six years old. I never forgot that. I remember the 911 in which we put all our earthly goods and drove to the waterfront and how we offloaded it and how I was treated specially because I was the youngest <laughs> at that time. They gave me a pillow to sleep in the canoe, like, you know, I was like VIP, if you know what I mean. <laughs> And when, and when we got to the other side, then my dad started pastoring. But when we pastors, he goes out and preaches all day. When we come home at night, we're living in the garage of a kind Muslim man. So Nalahaji gave us his garage. And this garage was leaking. It's while the church was trying to organize accommodation for the pastor, we lived in the garage. When it rained, we had to gather everything up because we didn't want all our possessions soaked in water. And that's how we lived. I remember how we started the church. We started the church in Township Primary School, Kasina Allah. And he had a megaphone. He mounted it on a stick, and there were three church members. That's Micah, Emmanuel, and myself. That's how the guy started. This is the first church plant that I saw by my own eyes. He did many before that. But this one I saw by my own eyes how this man was very industrious with people. How very good with gathering God's people he was. He actually started that thing from there. And before one year, it was like the entire town gathered to him. Everybody who was everybody was coming to this guy's church. I was like, what? We had a land, we had a building. He never... But after a while, he was transferred out. Once the church became like 200 people buzzing, there was money, there was, you understand? They transferred him to somewhere else. And he never once complained. I never held him complain. In the end, when he died, I was looking at his life. After that incident, he never lived in a rented house again. Every town we went, went to Kano, my dad was in the process of building his own house. Went to Kaduna, he was building his own house. He had two houses in Kaduna. 
for a mega pastor whose salary was 5,000, 7,000, something like that. When I marked the end of my dad, he had a beautiful life, 50 solid years of serving God. He had a marvelous life. He had an awesome life. You can't serve God and the end result will be reproach. In the big picture of your life, you would have had the most interesting, the most intriguing, the most powerful life ever. There's no job on earth that is as high as serving God. There is no enterprise on earth that is as great as the mission of following after God. There is no job you can get that we equate in eternity with drawing men from the pits of hell and causing them to stand in the presence of God. I don't know if you're here and you feel like your life is going nowhere. I don't know if you're here and you feel like serving God is not amounting to much. It's to you I bring a word today. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Serve the Lord with gladness. Give him the oil of your life. Give him the juice of your heart. Let your heart flow towards him. You've eaten many dry things and you are hungry. But come, let us serve God. Come to the mountain of God. Come to the hills of God. Let us plant God a citadel of power. That your life will flourish. And the grace of God will be born in you. Hallelujah. I want Pastor Easy to come and join me. I want us to pray for those people who feel that this is them. That your words have not just been the best. That your thoughts have just not been the best. That you have questions. That you have questions. That you have questions. I want us to pray for those who have questions this morning. You have questions. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Or just come forward. Guess what? There is no shame. We're a small family. Just stand up and come forward. You have many questions against God. You have many words in your spirit about what God is not doing in your life. Just step forward. Let's pray with you. Come forward. Come forward. Come to the cross. Come to the master. Come. Come. Let's pray with you. Come. Let's declare the grace of God. It's not adding up. It's not adding up. It's not adding up. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Ever wonder, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of 
my Savior. Spirit leads me where my trust is without borders. And we walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my faith could ever wonder And my faith would be made stronger In the presence of my Savior 